Hello. Hello. Salam and good evening to you, worthy friend. Please, please, come closer. Uh, too close, a little too Good evening and welcome to yet another Disney Brit Radio show here live on Orlando Sky Radio. Thank you again once that was, bleh, bleh, bleh. thank you once again for joining us. My word and get my old my tongue's tied and all that sort of stuff. And uh, joining us as always is well, I say as always, he's not been around for a little while, but it's just hello, Jez. Couldn't believe how long that intro is. I forgot how it longs. Hello, Disney Radio people, or if you listen to the podcast, hello, Disney Pod people. Yay! And Ellen, hello, Ellen. I thought you said Ellen. No, I said Alan. I, I, I thought, thought is, it, is my webcam on? Can you see that I'm in a pink dressing gown? <laughs> I must admit, I thought it sounded a little bit like Ellen as well. But no, it's definitely. To be fair, Ellen. the only reason I came on tonight was because you said you had Ellen on. <laughs> Not the le- the um, careful lady, what you're lady, saying. Lady friend one, no. The the one that looks like a man in Universe of Energy. That's the one. Yeah, the very funny one. You mean? That's the very funny one indeed. How are we all anyway? How are you, Jess? Good. How are you, Alan? Very poorly. You're full of cold like me, aren't you? Full of cold. Hopefully, I'll last the show. If I'm not, if I don't, I mean, I'll be racing out this door. I, must, and I won't uh, inform anymore. I must admit, I did have a little bit of a panic earlier on today when uh, my voice started to go, and I was thinking, this is not going to be good. This is going to be Disney Brit Radio show, show done through mime. Um, but we're all uh, right. Which is text only. the best one yet. Uh, thank you. Best one yet. I'd, 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 yeah, you might be right, actually. We um, could have got like, um, those voice <laughs> synthesizers when you do the typing. It would sound like three Stephen Hawkins. <laughs> We should do a whole show just through Stephen Hawking typing. That would be brilliant. Um, anyway, we are live on Orlando Sky Radio. If you're listening live, you can get in touch with us several different ways. You can go over to our Disney Brit podcast fan page, uh, and you can join in with stuff that's going on over there. You can contact us via Twitter at Disney Brit, and you can email us radio at DisneyBrit.com. We've got loads of really interesting stuff this evening that we want to hear your opinion on if possible but before we do that alan do you want to explain a little bit about what you've been doing with the the disney brit um page or web page and and the facebook stuff and all that sort of thing no problem i've been messing with the code and breaking the site yeah, basically he's ruined the site yeah yeah um to, to be fair there wasn't an error on there tonight which i've just resolved but uh, that's another story Basically, what I've been doing is been working on a few different sections. We've added a new section, which is the Wreck-It Ralph leaderboard. And basically, if you're playing, not Wreck-It Ralph, if you're playing... Face Felix Jr. That's the one. And we sort of put out the thing saying that it was just going to be on the iPhone or iPad. Apparently, you can play it on Facebook, and there's various other options as well. We have to say well done to Nick H, who is currently in first place with 168,500. And... uh, my son, who's on 70,000, and Dunks's son, Kieran, is on 67,000, so that's not bad going. So just so you know, currently in fifth place is a five-year-old. So if you're below that, shame on you. Yeah, but you know, you can still enter with like a very rubbish score. I um, was going to put my score in there, but I didn't want to shame everyone. Well, what's your score? To be fair, I've never managed to complete a level yet. <laughs> okay, that's not good. 
Um, um, what's been going on with the Facebook page? Um, Facebook, we've um, been... Actually, we've been doing a bit of... Um, I don't know, it's like Silla Black when you reach out for everyone and you, everyone joins together and joins in and helps people out. There's been people asking for the, the Morrisons cards again. Yes. And um, I think it was last night that we managed to complete someone's set for them. Yeah, so we felt a little bit like, you know, when they're, they're long-lost family members, uh, you know, can't find anyone. And it's a bit, a little bit like that, but we found, we've completed someone's Morrison card set, which is good. Um, stuff the, Did you just say Morrissey cards? Morrison's card set. I was going to say, that's a completely different card set. <laughs> <laughs> no. Really I mean, depressing card set, that one. That would actually be quite good. That would be from Asda, though. Yes, Probably. that would be. Um, I wonder if Morrison's are going to do it again this year. Maybe. I want of course, to toy this time. I didn't get a toy last time, so I was disappointed. Uh, we got two toys. Um, but the thing is, when you go to Morrison's, you end up buying hundreds of pounds with the stuff that you don't need exactly. and you never normally buy. And you don't win a holiday, you don't win a toy, and that's all rubbish. Uh, greetings, Paul Boniface, who apparently is in a lonely hotel in Oberhausen. There we go. So he's just tweeted us to say good evening. So good it, evening, Paul. Is that Scotland or Germany? Uh, I. Or no, I think it, it looks Germany to me, Oberhausen, I would guess. But uh, if you, yeah, that's the stuff that's going over on DisneyBrit.com and over on our Facebook page and all that sort of stuff. We've got loads of stuff to get through today, including this question, which I want to share with before we carry on. Matthew Jones is off to Disneyland Paris next um, next weekend, in fact, and his wife has decided that uh, she wants to change her 50th birthday plan slightly. I'll read you the email. I just want some quick feedback from you guys with regards to uh, what you think. It says, Hi Adam, this is an emergency. I'm taking my wife to Paris for her 40th birthday next Saturday for three nights and she suddenly just announced she would like to go to Disneyland Paris on her actual birthday and that is on Monday the 4th of March. Um, we have never been before and because we weren't planning on going, I haven't done any research, I bought the tickets one day to park and we'll go from Paris either by train or taxi. Have you got any tips on things you, you, uh, we should definitely not miss? Also, given that we have only one day, where uh, we will be there from park opening to closing, is it even worth doing the Studios Park or just stick to Disneyland Park? Finally, can you recommend a nice place to eat for a sit-down meal for either lunch or dinner? Thanks, Matthew. Uh, any suggestions on, on touring and all that sort of stuff? Alan? Um, well... It seems a shame to not do both the parks if you're only there for one day. Yeah, and if you've never been and, before. And you've already bought the ticket. Yeah. Um, I, I would suggest that you maybe do the studios in the morning, but then head to the studios, not the studios again. Don't go back out into the village to come back into the studios. Go to the Magic Kingdom for lunch and then continue the day in there. That's what I would say. And where would you suggest for lunch? Um, I would go for either Blue Bayou or Waltz. See, Waltz's was my suggestion. Just uh, apparently Blue Bay or the Blue Lagoon is closed, as is Pirates of the Caribbean. So that won't be any ah. good. Uh, Juz, any suggestions touring-wise, that sort of stuff? Well, it's her birthday, so treat us. So I would go and book the Dis- one of the Disney hotels for starters for the first night. So you go down the evening before, you spend the night, you get into the parks a bit earlier, you hit that area slightly earlier, and then just plough through it all. But uh, I mean, studios... Mm, I'd say the park is the main place. Yeah, Disneyland Park, kind of... My, it's romantic and birthday-ish. And, it is. Ah. Well, my thought was, you know, it's a Monday, so it's going to be reasonably quiet anyway. It's it's 
low season as well. So I reckon you could go and do Disneyland Park, get there nice and early. You could get most of that in, do the big attractions to start off with, your Space Mountains, your Big Thunders, your Phantom Manor, all that sort of stuff. And then you might have time to head over to the park, to the uh, Studios Park for a couple of hours. I know that he has now definitely booked a meal in Interventions inside... Um, the Disneyland Hotel, which will be cool. Good and choice. He's also done that for after park hours as well, which means he gets his full park hours. Uh, a lot of people over on the website have said loads of really good stuff, such as get a birthday cake and uh, have it as a character meal, a part of Cafe Mickey. They'll all sing happy birthday. Don't miss the Dream <laughs> Show, a lot of people have said. Um, no end of people have said that. Waltz on Main Street was suggested. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean will be closed, apparently, and the park is closing at 8pm. I won't bother going then. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, <laughs> You've got 10.30 till 2.30. You'll find most characters out in Fantasyland. Um, somebody mentioned Plaza Gardens as a possibility for an all-you-can-eat buffet for €22 Euros each. I'm not quite oh, I like sure. them. Yeah. Okay, I wasn't that impressed. Um, you can get a direct train from the station near Arc Triumph to the station, which is right outside Disney Gates. It's about €7. Euros. Um, you need to get the RERB, uh, which will take you all the way to Marne Valley, and you'll find there's a little Mickey head symbol on it. It takes about 45 minutes, if I remember rightly, something like that, uh, and it takes you directly there. You don't need to worry about a taxi. I dread to think how much a taxi would cost. Or just spend the night the night before and wake up birthday treat in yeah. Disney. It might be RER. It's RERA or RERB, whichever the red one is. I can never remember. But Either yeah, one. You could, you could wake up the next morning. Some people have said, make sure you use Fast Pass. Um... Yeah, there's loads of really great tips there as well. So uh, have a good time. Happy uh, 40th birthday, Mrs. Jones as well. There you go. So uh, that was just something I wanted to quickly go through. Now, not much news going around Disney World uh, or Disneyland Paris. We have got a few bits of news which we're going to share with you. And then we've got a big section where we're going to look at what might have happened to Disney World if the uh, Disney decade never happened. But uh, let's do some news and rumours. Good morning, sire. Good morning, Zazu. Checking in with the morning report. Fire away. Right, we've got hardly any news and rumours for you this week because, as we've said, it's pretty quiet over in the parks and not really a huge amount going on. And I'm now looking for my news bit and I can't find it. I found it. There we go. It's all good. So I'm going to start off with, although not a Disney-related story, it's happening within Disney World. And it's a collaboration between the Orlando Ballet and Cirque du Soleil. If you are interested in your choreography and your dance, you can head down to Lanuba Theatre on Monday the 4th of March and um, they're going to be doing a particular show called a Choreographer's Showcase. It's a -a one-of-a-kind choreographic... I can't say that word. (laughs) You're doing well today. It's rubbish. Choreographic project where um, basically young emerging talent from both of the companies are going to be putting on a performance that's under the guidance of the artistic director of the Orlando Ballet, Robert Hill, and Lanuba's artistic director, Daniel Ross, as well. Uh, If you want to go and see that, you can go over to... um, DisneyBrick.com and there is a link there. Also, OrlandoBallet.org is the place to go and get tickets from as well. They're priced from $20 to $40. And um, there you go. That's uh, an event that's happening next Monday. Interest anybody? Uh, I didn't go to the normal show. 
You've never seen Lanuba? No. Really? Wow, it's amazing. I, I wanted to go, but when it's about a ridiculous amount of money per person, I, I can't do it. If you sit further back, it's actually a really good view. Hey, outside the, the circus? No, not obviously outside the circus. If you sit towards the back, you actually get a panorama of the whole thing, rather than sitting really close to paying a small fortune. This fan, you fancy a bit of choreography, Jazz? Yeah, yeah, always count me in for choreography and, and is ballet. Your, uh, it's your kind of thing, I suppose. It is, yeah. it is, yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. I thought it might be. Anyway, you can find out more about that. Where um, one? Are you going to try and integrate it into your school project? Uh, we, we have got choreography in my school project, I'll have you know, yes. We were choreographing this evening. Excellent. Right. Do the kids like it when you shoot them off into the curtain? Into the curtain. Yeah. Right, kids, grab a curtain, I'm going to swing you around really fast. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> uh, moving on. Uh, from Disney World, we're going over to the Disney Cruise because there's some Med Cruise 2014 info, Joe's. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for the second summer in the row, and we're talking season rather than weather because we don't have summers here. Yeah, have Disney Magic will return to Europe and share the magic of the Mediterranean. This is basically a stop around every single bankrupt country in Europe just so you can see how the poor people live. Um, unlike 2013, the ship will not just home port in Barcelona, as it would be home port in Venice, which is in Italy, which is the one with all the water, and James Bond, and take in more of the Greek islands. So it really is a cruise around as many bankruptcy places as you want with <laughs> Spain and Italy and Greece. Yes. That must mean it's going to be very cheap. No, you just get to see, you go, oh, and they the go, cruise. give us money, please. Can you chuck your bread over the side? Well, but it's right, it'd be more, more sort of uh, taken in than Euros will be. I'm not yeah. going into all the different ones because there's actually a whole host from yeah, four-night nice. cruise right up to 12-night cruise. All these are available on DisneyBit.com. If you go along there, you can see you can take a pick of the ones you want. I'm not a cruise kind of guy. I know, Adam, you've done it, but yes. it doesn't appeal to me, really. The uh, cruises seem to be slightly cheaper than they are this year as well. We booked our one for this year about 18 months ago, and they're, they're currently coming in at slightly less, not a lot, but slightly less than the, the ones that are out this year. So it's well worth going to have a look at. If you've never been on a Disney cruise, you have to go at least once. It's absolutely amazing. I was I'm, just I'm, going... Go on, Alan. I'm dying to do one. I would love to do one. Come and join us. There's still some room on the one of the side. I, I would be there this year, but I worked out how much it was going to cost me for my family. Yeah, it is cheap. Uh, but I have. I was looking through stuff from my last cruise, actually, and it's you know, it's sort of unique things you get on the Disney cruise. I, I go and do the, the Disney quiz every day. Uh, on the cruise ship, which I know makes me sound really sad. I usually have to go on my own, and, and I know last year I, I won quite a few by myself. But there was one, <laughs> I know, isn't it terrible? I've got this family looking at me going, look, I've got kids. Can you believe that as one, win at least one? I'm like, um. You should join their team. There was one, the one where I actually started uh, questioning the answer that the Disney Cruise Line people had on their sheet. And I was like, that's not right. And I was what got written down. It's like, well, that's not said, right. I was like, I was actually questioning Disney on their own history. It's not good. I said, look, this is what it says in Mangello's book. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, the Queen of Hearts turned up and took my quiz sheet away uh, and sat on the piano and marked all my answers incorrect and scribbled all over it. And I found my quiz sheet from that the other day. But it's only things like that you get on Disney Cruise Line, which is awesome. So uh, if you do get a chance to go, do go and have a look at that. Especially there's some sort of shorter four-night ones, which are really worth looking at as well. Right, let's go over to Disneyland Paris and uh, Disney Dreams. There's some changes, Alan. Yep. Um, the, let's start again. That really, pretty, okay. pretty, start from the beginning, not halfway through. 
We previously reported that Disneyland Paris was updating their nightly spectacular Disney Dreams. It does look fantastic. Um, as of the 1st of April this year, um, they're saying goodbye to the Mary Poppins scene and the Jungle Book section. Um, and it's going to be replaced with a medley of Lion King songs. Apparently it's a, a tribute to Tim Rice. And Elton and, John. And Elton John, because that's the only two people that was involved in these songs that they're going to play anyway. They're going to do I Can't Wait to Be King and Hakuna Matata. Matata, depends how posh you are. Or where you're from. Or where you're from. Um, and now, they've just done a, a, an advert at the moment, which has put a little bit of a sneak preview on of the... Um, uh, which one is it? Can't Wait to Be King scene, with um, Simba and the leaves around his mane. Oh, indeed, and all that that's stuff. the one. Um, but... There also, there's also going to be a new section in the in the lineup, which is going to have um, Brave in it. Now, non, nothing has been released in that yet, and the chances are that it's still actually not quite finished yet. It's going to be finished, isn't it? We've got a few more months to go. Yeah. But, uh, but the, the, basically, look forward to seeing um, Lion King and Brave in the Disney Dreams thing. What we have to now say is the Oscar-winning Brave. After last that is night. true. And, uh, yeah, Racket Ralph missed out, but Brave did win. Uh, but Racket Ralph does have the Oscar-winning animated short Paperman at the beginning of it. I think um, Oscar Man. Oscar Man should have got more Racket Ralphs. <laughs> <laughs> Do you yeah, not think? I, I think he should have done, yeah. Um, you're dead right. I only got to see that sort of after everyone else did the other day, and it's um, amazing. It really is, yeah. It is amazing. Um, it's a fantastic film, both Paperman and Racket Ralph, of course. Because uh, you know, if we're talking about uh, if we're talking about Wreck It Ralph, do you know what that springs to mind? No idea. Um, apparently, I had some comments from people who said that that song is now firmly implanted in their head from having heard it. Someone commented that they've not seen the film yet, but they want that as their ringtone. It is brilliant. I, I can't get it out of my head. Well, and since we've talked about it, and since you mentioned AKB48, I went and Googled them and searched for them on YouTube. Yep. The rest of that stuff is horrendous. Um, did you see anything <laughs> about one of the girls has shaved their head? No, but there's like 30 of them or something in the band. I think, from what I'm reading between the lines, is there's several versions of them. Oh, is that what it is? Is it like S Club and like, S Club Juniors? Sort of, I think. Okay. Um, but there was like, this girl that was in AKB48 Team yeah. B had shaved her head. Oh, wow. There's because more because apparently she'd shamed the family by um, having a boyfriend. Wow. Interesting. So. Right. And apparently, uh, <laughs> apparently the um, Wreck-It Ralph is apparently called Sugar Rush Over in um, Japan, oh, I think. How interesting. Right, well, that's all the all news right. and rumours we've got for you. We're going to be moving on to uh, a topic that was going to take us a little while to get through, is what happened, what would have happened to Walt Disney World if the Disney decade had never happened? So we're going to take a very quick break, and then we shall be back with you to talk all about that. Hi, everyone. This is Craig Duncan. Please come and join me for my soul show every Sunday at 9 o'clock UK, 4 p.m. Eastern. You'll only find me on Orlando Sky Radio. Come by and say hi. Welcome to Lit Wax Arcade, where we have fun 
Friends and Fix It Felix Jr. featuring Wreck-It Ralph. It's all new, fully 8-bit, state-of-the-art, and the hottest arcade game in the world. Test your skills against this totally rad wrecker who loves living up to his wreck name. Only you can save Niceland. I can fix it. And be the hero. Fix It Felix Jr. featuring Wreck-It Ralph. Now at Lit Racks Arcade on Route 83, offering two free quarters on your birthday. Orlando Sky Radio, your vacation station. This is Bill Farmer, the voice of Goofy, and when I'm in Britain, I listen to the Disney Brit Podcast. Yes, this is the Disney Brit Podcast slash radio show live on Orlando Sky Radio. Don't forget, you can join in with everything that's going on. You can get hold of us over on Twitter at Disney Brit. We've also got our Disney Brit fan page over on Facebook. You can go and join that, like that, and join in the conversations that are going on over there. And, of course, email us radio at DisneyBrit.com. Now, I said we were going to be uh, looking at what would have happened to Walt Disney World if the Disney decade had never happened. But before we do that... Alan, I think you've got a competition winner you want to mention. Yeah, that's right. Um, basically, what, what I've got written on the website is a, a Where in the World competition. Basically, all you win is a shout-out on the show. Um, and, you know, it doesn't, doesn't um, go in the bank, but it's worth something to some people. Um, basically, we put a picture out, and the idea is that if you get the most precise answer, that's what we're looking for. So that, I didn't specify that properly that time, but basically, I'm looking for exactly where it is. And we put out a photograph, and it was um, the back of the fire engine on the uh, where is, Where's the Fire exhibit in Interventions Epcot. And that was the answer that we're looking for, which is um, very specific. So anyway, we've got Jamie Simmons, Hayden Pronto-Hussey, Keith Brunton, and Julie Parker. They all get a shout-out because they got the answer right. But if they just put Interventions, you know, you'd have had nothing. Yeah. Am I being so mean? There. No, yeah, no. Well, a lot of people still got it right, so I can't see you being mean. I don't know, but um, basically we're looking for the, the exact spot, so it could be, the next answer could be the left lapel of Walt's jacket. <laughs> you can't be that specific. <laughs> oh, I can. Okay, right, we're going to be talking about something that I think is going to take a little bit of discussion, we're going to be here for quite a while. Um, this is something that kind of came up uh, on Iron Orlando. Juz, do you want, how did we come about this? Can you remember? No, because I've slept since then. Did you Google it? No. It just um, came out of a conversation. Oh, that's right. It came out of a conversation. We were talking about Universal Studios and them having to borrow franchises and all that sort of stuff. And the same with SeaWorld and all those sort of things. And then we got into talking about Disney and about Disney having this back catalogue. And I made this comment of, well, I, I think I said something like I was going to be a little bit controversial. And that actually, I think if Disney didn't have the Disney decade, uh, that, that Disney would be in the same boat they would be in the same issue that would have to borrow franchises and all that sort of stuff from Disney and Nick was like quite interested by this idea about well what you know 
we were saying that Disney were very lucky to have those 10 years, otherwise they wouldn't necessarily be successful. And I got thinking about this a little bit more. And the more and more I thought about it, and sort of more and more, I sort of thought, do you know what? I think there's quite a lot in this that we could actually look at and begin to find out a little bit about. So I went away and did a little bit of research to do with the Disney decade, because in my mind, Disney decades, there's kind of the decade in which... um, we had the movies which sort of went from 1989 to 99 and then we had the decade that was officially announced by uh, Michael Eisner where he said this is what we're going to be building in Disney World and all this sort of stuff Um, and I kind of thought what would have happened if they hadn't have done the the Disney decade in the parks but also what would have happened if we hadn't had things like Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Mulan, Pocahontas all of those sort of 1990s films, would there be a massive difference in the sort of offerings we were having in the park because of the impact that sort of had? So um, we're going to have a quick discussion about that. Before I do that, I want to play you something. This is from 1990, and Disney used to play something uh, called Dateline Walt Disney World, and this is where they announced to the world just what they were planning on doing with the Disney decade. Take a listen. Take a listen to this. Dateline, Walt Disney World. New resort hotels. Two new additions to Epcot Center's World Showcase. And the doubling in size of the Disney MGM Studios theme park are just some of the projects that will become reality in the near future at Walt Disney World. Across from the recently opened Swan Resort is the elegant Dolphin Resort Hotel. The Dolphin's 27-story pyramid will be the tallest structure in all of Walt Disney World when its 1,500 rooms open to the public in July of this year. Adjacent to the Dolphin and Swan will be the other two Epcot Center resorts, Disney's Yacht Club and Beach Club Resorts. Disney's Yacht Club Resort is modeled on New England's summer homes of the late 19th century, while the Beach Club is reminiscent of a turn-of-the-century seaside hotel. Both will open in the fall and will be joined in 1991 by an exciting new entertainment complex, Disney's Boardwalk. Shops, restaurants, nightclubs, and other amusements will be featured with the sand and sea atmosphere of Atlantic City. Between Epcot Center and the Disney Village Marketplace, ground is being cleared for two more hotels, Disney's Port Orleans and Dixie Landings Resorts. The ornate architecture of New Orleans' French Quarter will be captured in rich detail at the Port Orleans Resort. While up the river at Disney's Dixie Landings Resort, guests will experience either the stately grace of plantation-style mansions or the rustic charm of a bayou village. Epcot Center's World Showcase will soon welcome two new countries, the one most requested, the Soviet Union, and Switzerland, with its thrilling Matterhorn Mountain bobsled ride. The newest theme park in Walt Disney World is really growing. Coming to the Disney MGM Studios theme park will be the all-new Mickey's Movie Land. Roger Rabbit's Hollywood with a wild ride on a Toontown trolley. Dick Tracy's Crime Stoppers where guests can shoot it out with crooks. And the Muppet Studios with a Muppet Vision 3D movie and the Muppets Movie Ride. It'll be a backstage ride of explaining how movies are shot. And it's almost, uh, but all the information is wrong. (laughs) There's plenty planned to keep Walt Disney World guests busy well into the next century. We'll keep you updated on the progress of all these projects on future Dateline Disney's. There you go. 
some interesting ones in there, things that, that did happen and things that didn't happen. So uh, if you are uh, listening live or you want to check out what we're talking about, go over to the Facebook page because on there now is a photo uh, or an image that we've uh, uh, looked at of what would be different about Walt Disney World today if the Disney decade never happened. Now, uh, you know, what's your guys' sort of impression of, of the Disney decade, of the 1990s and the sort of things that, that Michael Eisner did with the park? Just Sorry, I, I was typing abuse on the Disney bit. <laughs> Were you? Okay, I'll ask Alan. So, you know, <laughs> 1990s, Michael Eisner comes out with this wonderful dream of what he's going to do to the parks. Um, I'm sorry, I'm just returning to the abuse. No, I'm not. I'm only joking. <laughs> you. Um, like, I personally think that Michael Eisner became this hated man for what he did to the Disney parks and resorts yeah, and the movie industry. But without what Eisner did, it would be totally different. Right, so let's... Oh, go on. How, how many hotels did he sort of sanction to well, get we'll, built? We'll come through that in a second and, and go through all those things. But, Juz, you know, your opinion, 1990s, the, the Disney decade, what was Eisner's uh, sort of thinking behind all this? Do you know, I'm just checking something, actually. Um, <laughs> right. All I was checking was Frank, Frank Wells' time of death. Hmm. Um, because Eisner was, is nobody. Frank Wells was everybody. Was Frank Wells 90... 94. 94, I was going to say 94. He died. Um, and, you know, I think you probably, if you can look back, you probably say that most of the great work or, or innovation came up to Frank Wells' death and his vision. Because, well, you yeah. know, without a shadow of doubt, Eisner lost the block completely. Uh, he relied on Frank Wells. They were a great partnership to a certain degree. Mm. Um... <clears throat> It's funny, you know. At the end of the day, it was it was a boom time of uh, it was a boom decade. I mean, we all know we're all paying for the boom decades of the nineties and the the noughties. Yeah. Um, so no matter what you did, at his point, Isa's point, people were going to come in anyway because we were spend, spend, spend. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. Well, let's look at um, what the difference were. So the Disney decade, the Walt Disney World decade, this were the plans uh, for each of the parks. So the Magic Kingdom was going to have a new stage show called One Man's Dream that had been really popular in Tokyo Disneyland. Splash Mountain would be built. In 1994, there would be a Little Mermaid attraction, which would be a dark ride. Uh, well, that came just nearly <laughs> 20 years too late. A new Circle Vision 360 film, which would uh, look at the wonders and cultures of Western civilization. A new Tomorrowland that would go from 1996 and would have uh, an attraction called Alien Encounter. And Plectu's Fantastic Intergalactic Review, another live show. Uh, over in Epcot Center, there would be the future world for the 90s. Uh, and there would be a new 3D musical movie, which will premiere in 1994 as part of Journey into Imagination, starring a man called Michael Jackson, and the film would be known as Captain EO. Uh, there would be the Soviet Union showcase, which would be a USSR-built pre- uh, pavilion, and there would also be a Switzerland-style pavilion as well, which would have a Swiss village, it would have a Matterhorn mountain and a bobsled ride. Um, it would also have Journey into Space, which would have been an attraction in Future World. Over in MGM Studios, we've got Honey, I Shrunk the Kids Adventure Zone, the Disney Channel Auditions, Muppet Vision 3D, the Muppet Movie Ride, which would open in 1993, and it would take guests on a misguided tour through movie history, Muppet style. We would have the whole of Sunset Boulevard, which would include Roger Rabbit's Hollywood, Toontown Trolley, Baby Herman's Runaway Buggy Ride, and the Benny the Cab Ride. There would also be Tracy's Crime Stoppers, of course, Dick Tracy, Mickey Movie Land in there as well. 
There would be a fourth theme park, which at that particular moment in time was unknown, but the resort was expected to open by the end of the decade. And then resort developments, we would have a place called Disney's Boardwalk, which would have three shows, a 900-seat indoor aquatic dinner show called Under the Sea, which would feature Little Mermaid and Sebastian, the family reunion dinner show, which is a 300-seat environmental theatre dinner show that involves guests as part of the show when the cast sit with them, and the Disney Magic, which would be a magic show that incorporated Disney characters in a dinner show format there will also be seven new hotels with entertainment as well which would include places like the yacht and beach club it would include the port orleans and dixie landings as it was known um and uh, as well as that you would have um, the disney mediterranean resort the fort wilderness lodge the fort wilderness junction the kingdom suites hotel and of course as we mentioned already the boardwalk and there'll be this new thing called the disney vacation club which was expected to uh, debut in the 90s as well there was also to be um, a new water park, Blizzard Beach, two miniature golf courses, a new area called uh, Downtown Disney that would have Disney Quest and Cirque du Soleil, Disney's Wide World of Sports, the Disney Institute, the City of Celebration, and the Disney Cruise Lines. So they're all of the elements that would have happened during 1990. Now, on can top, I, can of, I just yeah. ask, what oh. were they smoking when they came up the USSR? I know, isn't it the most bizarre choice? And Switzerland, the country that held all of Germany's gold during the Second World War, and refused to give it up. Yeah. No, no, well, exactly. I mean, who thought of those two? Co- I know. Let's put these two countries in. Oh yeah. Was, I suppose the Switzerland was just a sort of shoehorn in Matterhorn Mountain because it was so popular in uh, in Disneyland. Now, on top of this, we are also going to be talking about the Disney movie decade. And these are the movies that came out from 1989 to 1999. And this was kind of classed as the one of the classic eras of Walt Disney. Uh, and Waking Sleeping Beauty, the documentary made by Don Han, sort of talks about this era and about the films they made. Because in 89, we had Little Mermaid, 91, Beauty and the Beast, 92, Aladdin, Lion King, 93, then Pocahontas, Toy Story, 95, Hunchback of Notre Dame, 96... Hercules 97, Mulan 98, as well as A Bug's Life. 99 was Tarzan, Fantasia 2000, and Toy Story 2. So, you know, if we take into consideration these, this classic era, this classic decade of Disney films didn't exist as well, what would happen? So, if you go over to, as I say, go to the Facebook page for Disney Brit, you will see a map up on the screen. And I'm from the research that I've done, this is what I reckon would be missing from the whole of Walt Disney World if none of this happened. So we would have basically the whole of the Animal Kingdom wouldn't exist because the fourth park may or may not have been built but it was designed as part of the Disney decade and this this didn't happen, Michael Eisner wasn't there, Frank Wells doesn't come up with the idea. We wouldn't have a fourth park in the start. It could be an absolutely huge Kilimanjaro safari. It could just be one massive Kilimanjaro (laughs) safari, that is very true. But in theory... safari pass gators. We wouldn't have any of those, that wouldn't be there. Um... We wouldn't have uh, Blizzard Beach, which we've already talked about. That definitely wouldn't be there either, because that was something else that they designed and they were building as part of it as well. Um, Also, below MGM Studios, we have Disney's Wide World of Sports Complex. That wouldn't exist. That wouldn't be there whatsoever. That'd just be a big area. And I've already said Blizzard Beach, which is obviously to the left of uh, MGM Studios. But above MGM Studios, you have the whole boardwalk area. Not only do you have the boardwalk, up there you also have the beach club, the yacht club, the boardwalk inn and villas. You have the beach club villas. You have the swan and dolphin, of which were all built in the 90s. And I reckon, from my, uh, my research, if the decade hadn't have happened, the only hotel that would have existed in that area would have been the Caribbean Beach Resort. We wouldn't have the entertainment area and all that sort of stuff there at all. 
Now, something comes to my mind about this one in Dolphin Hotel. Mm. I've got a feeling that the it was all to do with um, the licensing of the hotels. Possibly, yeah. Eisner had said to them, you can build your hotels anywhere you want, and these are the only two that you can own because they wanted to breach the uh, contract that he agreed on. Yeah. Um, because he realised that he wanted to get some of his own hotels. So they built their, those two hotels there, and they were the only ones that were within the property that aren't owned by Disney. That's dead right. And it was the I've 19- got my hand up in the air. I've got my hand oh, up in the air. What are you saying? Oh, no. You've forgotten the biggest thing that would have been missing in the 90s. Hmm? Celebration. I haven't got to that bit yet. Hang on. MC okay. Hammer. Uh, MC Hammer, yes. If the Disney Deck had MC Hammer. You could have MC Hammer Park. He would have, he would have touched it, <laughs> touch to be honest. Um, <laughs> so um, we have that whole area there that pretty much would have been empty. It would have just been a lake. You know, wouldn't have had that boardwalk area, which is amazing to think that none of that area would have been there and all that free parking wouldn't have existed. Um, we could have had more parking. <laughs> just one big car park. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we've got above, uh, up towards the Magic Kingdom, towards the top of the map, we've got uh, the Fort Wilderness Campgrounds. Wouldn't have existed, wouldn't have happened. Oh. Um, and then over towards, uh, one of the biggest differences, I suppose, is over towards um, the downtown Disney area. Uh, on the original map, we have got um, our Port Orleans, Riverside, and French Quarter as they are now wouldn't have been there neither would the whole of one area of downtown disney it's kind of weird to think that it would have been the disney it was still kind of classed as the disney village in those days there would have been no dis downtown disney west side or that entertainment district you know well, thank heavens had... that that walks a killer <laughs> yeah <laughs> it is we like... wouldn't have had you know lanuba there wouldn't be uh Hyperion, sorry, disney springs and all those sort of stuff happening uh pleasure island was obviously slightly different but that whole side there wouldn't have existed either, which is kind of Yeah, weird. we wouldn't have Pleasure Island. Oh, yeah, we don't. Oh, no, we don't. We have a early side. But Celebration, I think, is another thing, because that was really something that Eisner pushed through, wasn't it, Jez? Well, Eisner was pushed in the corner with Celebration. Um, like a few bits of land that are popping up around Disney. He had to use it or lose it, as we say in rugby. Yeah. Um, and they're going to lose it, and there's tax to pay on it and stuff like that. So he decided, rather than lose it, let's build a town there. Um and wrongly adopted it, sort of the Epcot vision, but it's my home, so I know, you, I'm you, really you, upset. You wouldn't, you wouldn't say anything bad about it at all. It's, Never. It's something no, that you it's love. But, fantastic. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of an interesting one because obviously they've since sold that, so we don't, we wouldn't have had celebration. It just wouldn't have happened. It wouldn't have existed. Not sold all of it. Um, still. Yes, oh, sure. yes. Admittedly, they've not sold all of it, but um, yeah, it's, it's yeah, no celebration. Oh, no dear. celebration. But they just have a massive fun spot. Yeah. Yes. That is indeed true. We'd have just one big, huge, fun spot. Well, we're going to head into the parks and have a look at the difference that they would have made. And I think we might have some controversial ones. We'll see what happens. But before we do that, we're going to take a very quick break. And then we shall return straight back. In the shadows of Mount Everest, a train awaits. But be warned, those attempting to reach the summit must face him. Expedition Everest, the peak of adventure, only at Disney's Animal Kingdom Park. Want to keep up to date with all the latest Disney news and rumors? Then make sure to check out www.disneybrit.com, your number one source for the magical world of Disney. Can you handle the rush? 
for This is the uh, Disney Brit Radio Show live on Orlando Sky Radio, and I had a hiccup and missed my button, and we ended up with a few moments of silence. But we're still here. Don't panic. We have not gone anywhere. Um, we're continuing to look, as we were just before the break, at what would have happened, what would have been the difference with the Disney parks if um, the Disney decade never happened. So let's head into the Magic Kingdom, um, because it's kind of interesting looking at it. I expected the Magic Kingdom to be far more sort of heavily sort of affected than it actually was i, I totally agree I've, I've just looked at the attraction list I, I thought it was all new princesses and pixar yeah and and all the new cartoons i was surprised yeah i'm amazed that it's quite not quite the same as it was um so we're going to go through and looking at what we looked at main street usa is not affected in the slightest from what we've currently got or what we've had it is exactly the same there's nothing there whatsoever that, that sort of changed um when did starbucks come into existence <laughs> yeah we're all right that's a good news <laughs> starbucks <laughs> is safe um but um if you want to look at this again we've just posted it over on uh, the disney brit page you can have a look um, the first sort of two, really, that are affecting us is Adventureland. We would have no magic carpets over Aladdin because, you know, Aladdin wouldn't have been the success that it was. Well, they're saying that, you know, it's interesting to see that with such a big film, that is the only thing that they sort of came up with, this magic carpet spinning attraction, they, which is kind well, of weird. I suppose in this part, they did, they did a big parade in the studios, but... But again, that wouldn't have happened, you know, if no. it wouldn't have been so popular, which is because the studios wouldn't have been quite... As it was the studios wouldn't have been built. Well, it would have been built because it was opened by 1989. Oh, but right. the elements of the studio wouldn't necessarily have been built. Um, now, the Walt Disney's Enchanted Tiki Room um, <laughs> would never have changed. T- two years ago. Yeah, but it would never have changed. It would always have been the old version of the Enchanted Tiki Room, which then begs the question, if Enchanted Tiki Room under new management hadn't have been able to have been built, would the Enchanted Tiki Room still be there now in its current form, or would it be removed completely with something new? Still would be there. It? You think it's still been there? Because they updated it. Are still there? That'll still be there. Because they updated it, didn't they? Because people were sort of, it was getting a bit old hat, and, and people didn't necessarily want to see it. They they put Iago and Jafar, uh, not Jafar, um, Zazu in, both yeah, Lion but... King and Aladdin, again, wouldn't have existed. But you think it's you don't know that from outside, do you? No, 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 not at all. But they obviously got rid of it in the first place because they wanted to update it and give it something new, and they brought it back as a kind of a nod to to Walt Disney and those sort of things. I don't know, what do you yeah. think, Alan? I, I think I'd like to see it updated again. It's I, I, 
I saw the original version, I then saw a new management, and then I saw the the new original version again. Who would have thought we might never have had that version? I would, I would like to see it mixed up with the Aristocats as well now. Okay. Cats and birds go <laughs> Cats down really and birds well. together. That would be interesting. Yeah. Uh, were they the only two in Adventureland that we reckon would have been affected in any way? Splash yeah. Mountain and Frontierland wouldn't have existed. It wouldn't have happened. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean's update, would that have happened? Yeah, I think it probably would have done because uh, it doesn't have any effect on anything that happened during that Disney decade. It was an attraction mm-hmm. that was built uh, before it was. It was park, well, not quite park open. It was nineteen seventy four, I believe, um, seventy four, seventy five. So that wouldn't have made any difference. Jack Sparrow's late on in the day. It wouldn't have been affected by any franchises or anything they bought. So I would think so. Okay, but Splash Mountain wouldn't have been there, which would have been a big shame. Uh, Liberty Square would have been unaffected. And then we get to Fantasyland. Uh, and we're going to pretty much decimate Fantasyland. Uh, it's a Small World is fine. Peter Pan wouldn't have been a problem. Mickey's Filler Magic, that wouldn't have happened. That would never have existed because we wouldn't have had the success of all of the films that pretty much exist within it. Oh, you would have done. You just had a shorter movie. <laughs> okay, we'd have had a, a five-minute movie of Mickey's It might have just been Fantasmic. Fantasia. Yeah, which would have been just but, Fantasia, which uh, has been Fantasia, cool. Fantasia, yeah, possibly you'd have had a Fantasia version, but you certainly wouldn't have had the version that we've got now. Do uh, you know, you come out of it and go, that was really good, but I don't understand why there was loads of blanks in it. Yeah, <laughs> to be continued. Um, so there would have been that, wouldn't have, that wouldn't have happened. Um, we can say goodbye to the whole of New Fantasyland. Uh, you know, Enchanted Tales of Belle wouldn't have existed, neither would Under the Sea, Journey of the Little Mermaid, that appeared eventually, having been promised in 1994. Uh, and Ariel's Grotto. Prince Charming's Regal Carousel, that would have been there. The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh wouldn't have happened because um, that was 1999, which meant... So it would have been like Winnie the Pooh has a day trip. Well, it, yes, but it would have meant that Mr. Toad would still have been there. Ooh, you see, that is... Because a lot of people sit there listening to this going, well, that would make us quite happy. Yeah, exactly. So if the de- Disney decade hadn't happened, we may have still had Mr. Toad. So that's quite an interesting one, um, rather than poor old Pooh. So there would have been no Pooh in the park. Shame. Woohoo! <laughs> uh, heading over to what is now part of Fantasyland, but was part of Mickey's Toontown Fair, Barnstormer, wouldn't have happened. That was 94, so that wouldn't have existed. And the Be Our Guest restaurant, of course, wouldn't have happened either. So they're kind of the elements within... Um, within Fantasyland that wouldn't have happened. Uh, and then we go over to Tomorrowland. We've got Astro Orbiter. That was the 1995 rehab. So that maybe not have existed in that sense. And now some interesting... I'm, I'm intrigued to hear these three that we've got highlighted here. Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger Spin and Monsters, Inc. Laugh Floor, both Pixar-owned. If Toy Story had never been bought or Disney had never bought Pixar or Toy Story had flopped, would we have seen these in the park? Clearly not. You, you, you wouldn't invest in a flop, would you? No, and Buzz Lightyear is inspired by Toy Story 2, not Toy Story 1. I was, I was, I was going to say, Treasure, Treasure Planet was even... Was that during these times? Yeah, Treasure Planet was... Oh, thank heavens for that. Glad we got to that decade now. <laughs> <laughs> Treasure Planet was 94, 95. So, to, to be fair, I, th- I think it was... It was the modern cartoons that got me into the, the Disney thing. Yeah. So Cinderella Snow White didn't really get it for me. No. Well, they wouldn't have been affected. Tomorrowland, what, what could you have had if it wasn't... 
See, it's a funny one here because you're almost saying you're taking Pixar out, but Pixar wasn't part of Disney. It was it was just a franchise bought by, wasn't it? Yeah. The rights to show. Yeah. But also, if we look at Stitch's Great Escape that's in there, if Alien Encounter hadn't been built, would they have got rid of... Um, I forget what they call it. I can remember it in French, Le Visionarium, but I forget what it is in English now. Uh, with the robot and Robbie Williams. Robbie Williams? <laughs> Robin Williams. So you um, even have the, the most bizarre thing there is almost saying... If that decade didn't happen, or if um, uh, Eisner knew that nothing was on the cards film-wise or anything like that, then Katzenberg's idea of buying this little tiny computer-generating animation company that he begged Eisner to buy all those years ago would have been bought, and therefore we we might not have even had Toy Story or anything beyond that. We might not have had Toy Story, might not have had Monsters, Inc. It meant we wouldn't have had things like Bugs Life over in Animal Kingdom, it would have left a massive hole in the whole of Disney Hollywood Studios. All that sort of yeah, stuff Yeah, Luxor, well. you wouldn't have that, eh? Operating every day. Well, well, could they have bought another car- cartoon franchise, though? Well, like, like who? Transformers. Who DreamWorks kind of came out of the fact that Katzenberg fell out with Pixar and that sort of stuff and moved over there. It's kind yeah, of the only a- ones I'm thinking of around the same sort of time was The Simpsons or um, was it South Park. Oh, South Park would never fit in. With that, um, is that it it wouldn't have happened in the sense that uh, it's not a franchise where you've got several. It's not a movie studio, it's just one series. Yeah. It's it's, it's a tough one. And what what did they get rid of Buzz Lightyear for? No. Uh, What did they get rid of for Buzz Lightyear? Was it the um, Delta Dreamflight? Yeah, it was Delta Dreamflight. That was what used to be there. So, I suppose the parks in those days were heavily based upon the sponsors, weren't they? Yes. So, I think there was three different sponsors that took over that Delta Dreamflight, yeah. or Dreamflight, or various versions of. I can see there being lots of muck rides if this decade <laughs> not place. You imagine that? The muck, the muck burglar. Yeah. <laughs> They could have had it a bit more like the um, adverts that they used to have. Yeah. You imagine the par- parachuting chicken nuggets. How horrendous that would have been. That would have been absolutely horrendous. It would have been awful. The McNugget parachute drop. And now, I'm fully aware that we're running out of time, which means we're probably not going to get through all four parks, which is absolutely fine. But let's just move on to Epcot. Because, again, Epcot is another one that I think was, was heavily sort of... Well, it wasn't heavily ruined at all. It was very, very little, I think, would have changed. Um... Some good and some bad, I suppose. If we look at uh, Future World to start off with, Universe of Energy wouldn't have changed, but we would never have got the Ellen version. As it was in the 90s that the Ellen version came about, we'd have still got the old Universe of Energy, which at that point was very, very outdated anyway. So I'm kind of interested as to see what they might have done with that, how they might have changed that. Would there have been any difference? Uh, Or would they have got rid of it completely and built something brand new? It would have been sponsored by BP and wouldn't have been solar power based at all. Okay, you think you, you think we'd have gone solar power based? Yeah. No, no, no. I think it would have been all oil power. Okay. And you'd be able to buy like, oil, oil at the end of it and stuff. Yeah. You'd be able to slap a bit on your cheeks as you come <laughs> yeah. out. You go through a fine mist of it so you can breathe it in your lungs. Yeah, it's nice. a bit like yeah, a bit like Pirates of the Caribbean. It comes down and they project something on it. Yeah. yeah. But it was oil. Yeah. You get, still get the. The, um, the dinosaurs there because it's all the fossil fuels nice actually you probably see the dinosaurs fuels. get swashed down into oil uh, <laughs> then you okay. exit through a car showroom um, this is a big one test track would never have appeared 
It would have been wheeled in motion, it wouldn't it? It would have been wheeled in motion still, which again, we would have talked about whether that would have been applicable, whether they've updated it in that sense. So we, we might have still had world of motion and no test track, which would have been interesting. Captain EO wouldn't have existed. Um, it's not a bad thing. Which you don't think is a bad thing. I, I don't know. I, I still quite... I, I don't like it as such, but I still quite enjoy the fact that it was once around. Um, and the Living Seas. We would have still had the Hydrolators. We would have still had that really cheesy opening video we wouldn't have had the season with my friends we wouldn't have had total talk with crush because we wouldn't have had pixar i uh, would have had still the whole living seas which again i wonder whether the living seas would have survived without the injection of of uh of nemo in that light in there i think because it was one of the uh, world's biggest um i wouldn't say allotment that's a totally different sort of thing world's biggest uh, aquarium at the time yes i, I think that that was still a tourist attraction Yes, that's I think very really true. sad that Epcot's down, gone down the route of the world's biggest allotment. <laughs> that's it the is land. The shed. <laughs> I love it. I love the fact that it's just becoming... Living on the land. <laughs> yeah. Take a tour through the greenhouse. Oh, no, that's actually what you do do. Yeah. That's Bill over there. He stole me cucumbers. <laughs> <laughs> You're in the land pavilion. <laughs> and then you go through this big sort of kid. This is the manure room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Imagine kid. that. And this is the silage. Uh, this is where BP make the oil. <laughs> <laughs> Have a cup, it's lovely. Oh, it'll, be, it'll be good. But uh, there, I, I don't think we're going to go any further today. We've got Hollywood Studios still to look you at. You think we've gone too far? Which I think we'll look at on the, on the next episode. Because um, Hollywood Studios, I think, out of all of them, is, is probably the one that was hit the most. Uh, because of the amount of stuff they tried to do with it in the 90s. You know, we had a park that opened in 1989, and, you know, I, I still remember the original um, sort of Hollywood Studios, or MGM Studios, as it was, when it was that kind of half-day park. It'd be like going to the studios in Paris. Yeah, it was a little bit, but this was a working studio at the time, and I still remember going on that three-hour tour. I remember them telling you as you were going, and this is a three-hour tour, etc., etc. The backstage tour. Yeah, the big backstage tour, and you had the flying bee from Honey, I Shrunk the Audience, and you went through all of the props, and you saw the Golden Girls house, and I still, I, I think I really miss that version. Totally agree. We, we went um, last year around the backstage tour, and as you go through all the prop section, every prop's numbered up. Yeah. And there was this one prop which my mother-in-law said, oh, um, that's the crest of our town that we live at. So I thought, well, we'll try and find out a bit of information about it. And went back to the cast member and they said, oh, yeah, we used to have a, like a book that would tell you what all the numbers meant. And they now they don't. They're not interested. Oh. Just get on, the, get on the tram and keep quiet. It's a shame. It is a shame that, uh, that they've got rid of that now. I really kind of wish that we still had all of those houses and all those elements and everything. Fingers crossed. Uh, one day we'll get something like that back. But I'm, I'm not hopeful that I got to see all that come back again. But there you go. Well, that's pretty much it. That is the end of uh, the show. And uh, we'll say we'll talk about Hollywood Studios properly on another time. So if it's the end of the show, it means it's time for this. <laughs> Can't believe it. I thought we might get all the way through that Disney Decade stuff, but like I said, there's so much to talk about with regards to that. I think we'll be here once again in a couple of weeks' time to talk about the rest of it and some other bits and pieces, no doubt. Thank you once again for joining. Go on, go on. 
Do you think we can get Eisner on the show next week? I think we could try and get Eisner on. Joseph, you still got his number? Yeah, I'll give him a shout now. Yeah, please He's, he's um, chairman of Top Trumps, isn't he? Um, toptrumps.com. Yeah, have a look. See if we can get him on. Um, thank you for joining me, Joz. Absolute pleasure. And thank you for joining me, Alan. No problem. Uh, you can, of course, catch up on everything that we've been talking about over at DisneyBrit.com. Also go to Facebook.com forward slash Podcast. You can find out all the stuff that we've been talking about and the uh, all of the maps and everything that we've put up there that we've annotated and played with and all that sort of stuff as well. Don't forget, you can get hold of us during the week if you want to. You can get hold of us via Twitter, which is uh, it's uh, at DisneyBrit. Also, radio at DisneyBrit.com. And uh, yeah, we'll be back in two weeks' time with another D- Disney Brit radio show. But also next week, it will be the uh, Disney Island Discs radio show where we play loads of really cool Disney music for you. So do make sure you check that out next Monday. That is uh, 4 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. UK time. So do check all of that out. But that is pretty much it from us. We thank you once again for joining us. And until next time, we'll see you.